We have just a little bit of time as we always end up with a short devotional study on these communion Sundays. But I want to do a little introduction to this next section. We'll turn to Colossians 2. We'll pick up in verse 16 down to verse 23. And we'll really just simply set the stage for this and the dangers of legalism. There are very few things in the body of Christ that cause more grief and harm and steer people away from the grace of God than legalism. That which says the things which you believe about how you believe should be applied to someone else's life and then become aware, a way whereby you are able to judge whether they're in the kingdom or out of the kingdom, whether they're actually saved or not. And very often they are in very extreme terms. And we even speak of those things. I've listened to people's conversation for decades about how they saw this in this person's life and thereby they make a judgment that that person is not saved. Now I want to make it very clear in this introduction, we'll finish this study next Sunday, that I am not talking about the approval of sin. All sin is wrong. And all sin needs to be repented of, and God accepts no sin. So I think I made that clear. We need to be as sinless as we possibly can be. So we're not talking about whether someone is in a direct sin, and we look at that sin. If someone comes to me and says, well, you just got to accept my drunkenness, I can say, no, I don't need to do that, because the Bible specifically says that we're not to be drunk. If someone comes and says, I need to accept their adulterous relationship, I can say, absolutely not. Under no uncertain terms, Scripture is very clear on this issue. Adultery is a sin. It needs to be repented of. And and so I can speak to that issue. But where we have great issue with the body of Christ is in legalism. And let me give you some examples of exactly what I'm saying. There are people that... I have talked to them, and they will look you right in the eye and say, if you send your children to public school, how can you claim to be a Christian? I've had parents say that to me, that you either need to homeschool them or send them to a Christian school. I'm pretty sure that's not found in my Bible. I'm not just pretty sure. I'm absolutely positive. And in fact, we as a family have homeschooled, we have gone to Christian school, and we have gone to public school. I think my kids turned out okay. They're both in ministry. We have all kinds of things that are in that basic genre. How many people, well, you know, you, sh- you should never eat anything but free-range chicken. You're not, you're not a vegetarian. And then they'll misquote scripture to prove their point. It says, thou shalt not kill. No, it actually doesn't say that. It says, thou shalt not murder. That is a very different statement. And then they'll, they'll go to the Old Testament and they'll pull out their proof texts. And, and I get into these conversations with people. Well, you know, anybody that's got a tattoo, how can you say that, you know, they're going to heaven? And I'm going, pretty easily, actually. <laughs> well, you know, it says right here, and they pull out Leviticus. You shall not mark yourself for the dead. And I said, you realize it also says if you eat shellfish, you're going to perish, right? So you ever eaten shrimp? You like lobster? 
you're going to hell. (laughs) Then I will say, you know where it says that? Why don't you read up a few verses? Check that out. Doesn't it say right above that, if you're a man and you cut your hair, you're out of God's kingdom. You see where it goes? When you start pulling forward the Levitical law into our day and time, you diminish the grace of God. And that is the exact point that the Apostle Paul now makes in these next verses, which we will read and then we'll finish the study next week. He is speaking to those who would add anything to our salvation by grace and through faith in Christ alone. We went through a period of time at the Bible College back in the early 1990s. We called it the granny dress phase, where somebody, some gal got a brilliant idea that if they wore granny dresses, that no guy would look at them. We had more pregnant Bible college students that semester than any other before or since. Now, I don't know if it's a direct correlation, but I can tell you this. It is not what goes on out here. It's what goes on in here in the heart that is going to determine where one goes with one's relationship with the Lord. You can wear ugly clothes. You can penalize your body. You can deny all kinds of things. I've had people walk up to me with a very smug look on their face. Well, we don't have TV. And I'll say, I'm sorry, I'm a Clippers fan. I like to watch basketball, okay? Are there commercials on there that, you know, one could say, yeah, it's not a great thing to watch? Yes, of course. Not dismissing the sin. I'm saying, if you think that you're going to heaven because you do or do not have a television, you are in deep trouble. I've had people say to me, well, you know, you should never go to the movies. You know, Hollywood is satanic. And I go, yep, and so is Vaughn's. <laughs> go in there, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get that big 17-pound box of Cheetos. <laughs> Straight to hell, gluttony right there. <laughs> I've had people go, well, you know, Disneyland employs gays. <gasps> Mickey Mouse is the Antichrist. It is nuts what people begin to equate salvation with. Well, you know, you go there, you know, oh, that's for sure not saved. Let's read what the Apostle Paul says. Holy Spirit working through his life. So, so is the same as therefore. It looks back, right? What are our last three studies? The last one, last Sunday, it's Jesus plus nothing, amen? It's in that context that he uses the word so. So, let no one judge you in food, or whether you drive a Prius, (laughs) or in drink. Regarding a festival, a new moon, or a Sabbath. So for those of you that we have to worship on Saturday, you might want to read this pretty carefully. 
Paul actually goes on to say, I treat all days the same. So here's my take on the whole Sabbath thing. Just worship Jesus every day. Amen? Amen? Works out 100% of the time. Or of Sabbaths, which are the shadow of things to come, but the substance is of, get it again, Christ. The whole heart of everything. Remember what Jesus said? When asked about what it takes to become a believer, he said, it is enough that you believe. He didn't add a whole bunch of things to the thief on the cross. He didn't say, well, you know, we've got a new believers class next week, and if you get involved in that, you, you know, you do a few, we'll, we'll let you in. So the substance of all that we are as Christians is Christ. It's who Jesus is. It's not who we think Jesus is. It's who he really is. He's the Savior of the world. He is our Lord. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility. Have you met those people? You know exactly what I'm saying. Maybe some of you in here, you're in that club. We had a few, both first and second service, I can tell you, because I met them at the door. I actually had a guy pull out the whole Levitical law. Standing right there. That's not a, just, just saying, that's not a good thing to do with a pastor that spent 30 years studying the Bible. That usually doesn't work out well. And I'm not boasting, I'm just saying, yeah, I kind of know what it says. Round and round and round. You want to know how bad it is? He eventually pulled out his cell phone and showed me a picture of somebody in the church that parked in front of a fire hydrant. You should teach on fire hydrants. I'm thinking to myself, I'm pretty sure you're the guy I'm talking to. (laughs) You can get so hung up on other things that you cannot even enjoy the freedom that you now have in Christ. Let no one cheat you with false humility, religiosity, the worship of angels, intruding into those things which has not seen, vainly puffed up in his fleshly mind, not holding fast to the head. Holding fast to what? The head, Christ. You're, not, you're no longer clinging to Jesus. You're clinging on to a man-made standard of what you think Jesus ought to be doing in everyone else's life. You're like the holy dress code monitor. You wander around with your ruler and you're inspecting the, like, that looks a little low to me. I had a guy come up to me today. Men wearing shorts in church. You know that it says about the, the Levitical priesthood that they weren't supposed to expose their knees? Oh, yep, I do know that. Last time I looked, not one of us in here is celebrating Judaism. And he went around this whole gymnastic thing of trying to, well, we need to keep the law. I said, no, the Bible clearly says we've been set free from the bondage of the law. Do we keep as best we can its moral standards? We absolutely do. So we're not to sin. But exposing your knees is not sin. What does it say? From whom all the body, nourished and knit together by the joints, the ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Did you know that we all grow at different rates? 
You figured that out yet in your own walk? You bumped into somebody that's maybe a little further along than you, or you probably bumped into somebody that's not quite as far along as you. Both extremes? Everybody had that? That's good, because that's the way it is. And when you start judging other people, whether they're where you are, then you become the judge of whether that person is actually saved or not. And that's not your job. That is his job. He is the one who judges. We simply do as best we can as living the way he wants us to live. And people will stumble. They will fail. They're going to get, you know, they're going to get full sleeves of tats and legs and all kinds of stuff. And maybe you don't like that. I don't particularly care for it. Look, I'm old. So I look at everything from a perspective of somebody who's 60 years old. I look at the only people that I knew growing up who had tattoos were people who served in the military. That was it. So I'm kind of one of those people, like, well, I wouldn't do it. But you know what? I'm not going to judge somebody. I refuse to do it. Because that person may have an honest love for the Lord, and they ha- may have more ink than, you know, you could write, you write a whole book with what's on their body. That's between them and God. That's not for me to decide whether they're holy or not, whether they love the Lord or not. And yet I have had people say, well, I don't think he's saved. If that's your basis for someone being saved, shame on you. Shame on you. Because it's not God's basis. The Bible doesn't say a thing about someone being saved or not saved because they have tattoos. And therefore, if you died with Christ, which we just celebrated, amen? He died in our place. That's what we celebrate at the cross. From the basic principles of the world, in other words, the world's way of judging things, why, as the living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Why are you running around with your ruler trying to determine whether somebody's skirt is too long or too short or doesn't do this or doesn't do that? It's really simple. If it honors the Lord and is modest, it doesn't offend. If it doesn't cause your brother to it's fine. But see, we, we wander around, well, you know, I think it should be this length. God help us. Because if it's about the way we dress, or whether we do or do not have tattoos, we are in deep trouble. We're in trouble. He goes on to say, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. (laughs) You see, all those things that you can touch, taste, and handle, they all stay here. They were made for this world, not for the world to come. So all those things that we stumble in and fail in, those things that we're not quite so good at as we should be, that's all part of here. God squares all that away when we get to heaven. Amen? All of these things perish with the using according to the commandments and the doctrines of men. You see the difference? Are you attached to the head, which is Christ? Are you concerned about what God thinks? Or are you concerned about what men think? We're supposed to be concerned about what God thinks. That will keep you from being actively sinful. That will also keep you from judging people. These things indeed have the appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and the neglect of the body. You know, you just, you just do enough things. You, you 
any, you know, you have your kale shakes every day and you just treat your body, I'm just going to teach my body. Look, I can't teach my body anything right now. It's old. I talk to it, try and cajole it, and it does what it wants. My horizons are expanding from the waist down. You, you see, it seems like if you beat yourself up, it seems like if you deny the flesh, it seems like if you dress ugly, it seems like you don't watch TV, it seems like you only homeschool, it seems like all those things would mean, man, you're really walking with the Lord. Now, maybe you are. But don't judge someone else who doesn't do what you do. You let God be the judge of what they do. If you think there's sin involved and you, you can point to the scriptures, point it out. But if you can't point to the scriptures, then leave them alone and let God speak into their life and love on them and pray for them. Give them joy. Give them peace. We all, nobody needs any more discouragement. Amen? If you're in here today and you need more discouragement, you've come to the wrong church. Because I'm not doing it. Get enough of that just by being here on this earth. Then he finishes this. But are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. You see, you can't put enough external restraints on you in order to make you holy. It takes an internal change of heart. That's why you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's why what you do internally affects what you do externally. It is not the other way around. No amount of dressing right and eating right and doing the right things and going the right direction. You probably have bumped into someone, well, you know, you don't use the King James Version of the Bible. Well, that's true, because I wasn't born during the time of King James. That was 1611. When I wander around going thee and thou, and people look at me kind of funny, because we don't use those words anymore. And again, nothing against it, but it's not necessary. It doesn't make you more godly. O Lord in heaven, thou who hast framed the skies. Sounds godly, right? People wander around, well, you don't use the King James. I think God can hear plain English. I'm pretty sure. Be careful, because you can begin to make those things qualifiers for whether someone is in the kingdom or out of the kingdom. And then you become the judge. Beware of legalism. Don't sin, don't use it as an excuse to sin but beware of legalism. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that you've set us free. And he who the Son has set free is free indeed. Lord, not free to live as we please, not free to sin, but we are free from the bondage of the law, the weight, the things that, as you said to the Jewish people, that they're, fathers and their forefathers could not bear. Lord, if we needed to meet some standard in order to be in your kingdom, none of us would get there. And so we've been saved by grace and through faith, and we are grateful. And we thank you that that saving grace 
is keeping grace and that saving grace is changing grace and that that changing grace is also grace that abounds. And so, Lord, bless us with your presence in our lives. Help us to not lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge you. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you. We ask all this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen.